0: Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating a faith crisis, is approximately 3,720 to one.
1: Never tell me the odds.
0: So then, in the metaphysical sphere, the mystic is the one who feels that everything that happens is in some way harmonious, is in some way right, is in some way an integral part of the universe. Now when we transplant or translate that into the moral sphere, the sphere of human conduct, the equivalent is this, there are no wrong feelings.
1: Because everything we're talking about, in other words, we're not asking you to face the reality, we're asking you to use your imagination. We're asking you to contour your thoughts in order to produce feelings.
0: There are no wrong feelings.
1: Use your imagination, contour your thoughts in order to produce feelings. Someone said that religion is for people who are afraid of hell and spirituality is for people who have already been there. Your whole countenance here as we are visiting with you is, this is hard, or I'm not doing it. And while that is the reality that maybe you've been living, it's not the whole reality, because sometimes it isn't hard and often you are doing it. And so you just have to decide how you want to feel. When you feel a little negative emotion, if rather than saying, I need to change this thought, or I need to bridge this belief, if you would say, I want to find a thought that feels better right now, right now, right now, right now. If you've adapted to not feeling good, then this isn't going to work for you. Never tell me the odds.
2: This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. You want someone to preach to you? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. What religion do you? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with, with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy anything. This
1: world of money.
0: the good in everything look for the people who will
1: set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone
2: welcome back to infants on thrones i'm glenn ostland and this is episode 712 Navigating a Faith Crisis in Real-Time, Part 1. Now, in 2019, I became a certified holistic life coach, and I'll be honest with you, I had to eat some major crow to do it. Now, I had made fun of life coaches for years. I was well aware of the pain and trauma that many people feel as the result of a faith crisis, but I cynically viewed life coaching as an opportunistic way for unqualified people to capitalize on that trauma and pain. I didn't allow myself to see or feel the value of it. But a few years ago, I met best-selling author Alan Cohen, a well-respected teacher and life coach.
0: Someone said that religion
1: is for people who are afraid of hell, and spirituality is for people who've already been there.
2: I saw the way that Alan holds himself, his deep compassion, his deep wisdom. I saw the impact that that had on people that he coached. And I felt that impact directly for myself. I opened myself up to what he was doing and that crusty shell of cynicism about life coaching that I had quickly began to melt away. So I joined Alan's class and eventually became a certified holistic life coach. Now, as of February, 2021, I've coached just over 50 clients during the past year and a half, doing it part-time. And now I'm focusing on doing this full-time while I go back to school to get a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling, which will take a couple years to get. Now, I didn't realize that all of these years of podcasting that I've been doing have really developed my active listening skills, my restating and steel-manning skills, my critical thinking and reframing skills, all of which have made me a very good life coach, and I want to share that part of myself with you because I really believe that it has been my experience with this podcast, with the relationships that I've developed with listeners and guests, the things that I've learned from hundreds of interactions over the years that has brought me to this place. And whether any of you are interested in one-on-one coaching, or group coaching, or simply being a fly on the wall of someone else's coaching experience, I'd like to pay it forward I'd like to pay forward what this podcast has helped me discover in my own life, about myself, about my relationship to my mind, my thoughts. Now, especially because so many people continue to struggle with the pain and trauma that accompany a faith crisis, both in relationships with others, but more importantly, within our own minds, our own thought processes, our own self-image. If only there was a brave person willing to come on the podcast and be vulnerable in front of dozens and dozens of people, to be coached through a faith crisis in real time? Well, there is. His name is Reed, and you've probably heard him on the podcast before.
0: All I want is peace, right? I'll do anything for peace. Like if there's there's an argument or something, I'm so guilty of walking out of the room and letting my wife take care of it or, you know, I just, I can't handle contention. And it's not because it's the spirit of, you know, the devil or anything. It's because I just, I don't like not being peaceful. And, and so that's another reason I think that I am so, you know, worked up about. I just want to feel peace, right? I just, I don't want to feel these, these horrible feelings because it's, it, for, for someone like me, it just, it's not healthy or I just feel, you know, not, good
2: at all, Now Reed has agreed to go through several coaching sessions that will become this new multi-part series that I'm calling Navigating a Faith Crisis in Real-Time. Today you're going to hear our first session. Now it's raw and it's vulnerable, and I encourage you to listen with compassion rather than with the crusty cynicism that I used to have. I expect that if you listen carefully, you'll hear parallels between Reed's struggles and your own, either past, present, or maybe even future. Now, I hope that you enjoy this series and that you get something out of it. And if any of you are interested in one-on-one or group coaching with me, I've created a new survey that you can fill out. It's linked to this episode on the website at infantsonthrones.com. And whether you're interested in coaching or not, you may be interested just in answering the thought-provoking, self-reflective questions that I put on that survey. And if you are interested in coaching, we can schedule a free 30-minute consultation to see if it's a good fit or not. So, that's my spiel. And now I give you Navigating a Faith Crisis in Real-Time, Part 1 with Reed Christensen. Enjoy. All right, Reed. Reed, Reed, Reed. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Oh, my pleasure.
2: So this is, this is the first time, like, <clears throat> a, like I've, been, I've been coaching for a year and a half, maybe, I got, I got, I, I started um, doing it while I was training and I had to do like four coaching things a month for five or six months and then got a certificate for it. I ended up doing more than five a month because there were a lot of people on the podcast that reached out to be coached while I was mm-hmm. offering free coaching. And that was a great experience. I love doing it, but this is the first time that anyone has said, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do this for a podcast episode and be totally vulnerable. Uh, and so I, I want to applaud your bravery for doing this. And, and also let you know, if it does turn out, like you're gonna listen to this audio before anybody else does. And if there are some things, because the, the, the most important thing that we do here today is just be totally honest. So if there are th- some things that you wanna talk about today that you don't want to air in front of everybody, I, I of course will make edits on that and, you know, pr- protect you in any way that you feel like you need to be protected.
1: Yeah,
0: that sounds good. This is, yeah. this is a, a step for me for sure. Yeah. And trying to be more open and, and kind of just, you know, taking the next step in life, so.
2: Yeah. And so I'll tell you about the approach, like life coaching, it's not therapy. I, I'm not a trained therapist. I'm not gonna be giving you advice on how you should live your life. Um, what, what I'm going to be doing is listening very closely to the things that you say, and I'm going to be repeating those back to you so that you can hear yourself, so that you can get a different perspective of yourself. Now, I'll, I'll reframe some things um, and and ask you some questions, but this is this is really about you getting a way to look more closely at yourself. And then, of course, you'll have the audio um, from this that you'll be able to li- listen back and get even more um like input and in, insight into yourself through that. Okay. Gotcha. okay. So, so I asked you to fill out uh, an intake form and there's, there was a lot of questions on there. We're not going to go, we, we wouldn't have time to go through all of them <laughs> on, on here if we wanted to talk about all of them. But basically what you said is that, that you, you feel like mostly right now, you, you act out of a place of neutrality where you tend to do things so that you don't upset anyone else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of your motivation seems to be tied to this desire to not let things bother you or filling you up with anxiety and distress. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to sleep at night. And what you'd like to do is to move into a place of just loving kind of everything that shows up in your life. You feel like that would allow you to see others as who they are and accept them as a whole person, flaws and all. It's a good starting point for being in a place of passion and acceptance. As a peace loving person, love seems to be the answer to quiet my mind and and joyfully be in the presence of others. So that's kind of, you feel like you're going from a place of neutrality where you're really trying not to offend people and you wanna go into a place of like love, gratitude, seeing people for who they are, flaws and all. Yep, exactly. So tell tell me a little bit about what's going on with you, and um, like wh- where you want to start this focus on on yourself. Um,
0: well, uh, you know, I think um, this pa- these past couple of weeks have been been interesting. You know, we had the recording on what was it, episode seven hundred seven,
2: and Mike you wanted and me
0: right, and you wanted me to go back and look or listen, re-listen to myself before we did this. Yeah. Session. And so that was a really fascinating thing to observe to uh, you know, when I listened, when I was in the moment, you know, I think so much of, you know, what I was trying to do is just make sure I was contributing, you know, make sure that I wasn't sounding like an idiot, you know? (laughs) And um, but also, you know, I can, I could tell, you know, that morning when we did the recording I was in kind of a weird space, you know, we on Wednesday, you kind of said, Hey, we're gonna do this, you know, read up or, you know, it was basically kind of study up on what we're going to talk about. And so the one thing I did which I thought was interesting is I listened to things multiple times, which I never do. Whoever has time to listen to a podcast more than once, because you usually have like a list that you're listening to or you're trying to get to. And, you know, there's too many, but you know that morning I was just it was hard because it was a topic that I just wasn't feeling comfortable talking about I'm not like a I'm not like the world's greatest debater you know I'm not you know it's and that's probably because I I would would much rather just shrink into a corner and listen to everyone argue because Mm. then I don't have to deal with any sort of like oh oh, I think I upset someone you know right um but yeah I mean studying and and it was and so when i when i listened to myself it was it was like man and and it didn't take like 10 minutes in you know or whatever until i started talking and my wife's like man you discount yourself mm-hmm. you know you you just sound so unsure of yourself like you know this is it's not really who who i think you are and i was like yeah it's probably true it was just i think in the moment it was it was you know just kind of I don't know I wouldn't say scary but it was you know I was f- just feeling weighed down by just several things um but, so in the
2: uh, in the course of the discussion you were feeling weighed down
0: uh yeah for sure um it's just like you know when you it was intense hmm. um it, it it definitely made me respect the like what you what you do as a podcaster you know it it, it I mean, to, to ponder something so hard, maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's easy. It's like, you know, you develop the neural pathways to your brain that it it's easy to do that sort of thing. And just, it just comes naturally. But for me, it doesn't, you know, and I'm still trying to formulate like, okay, who am I now? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I've had something kind of define who I was from before time began till right into the future, to, to eternity. So to lose that is, is extremely traumatic, um, and, and shocking and all that stuff. It kind of, I felt like it was like a, a PTSD. I was, it was in so much shock. I, I, I was, I, it was like, a should I go see a doctor, you know, type of experience. Um, and we did end up seeing a, a therapist a couple times, my wife and I, and it was, it was a great experience just because she validated everything that we were going through. And that's what we needed to hear. Like,
2: yeah,
0: no, this is normal. This is a, a normal feeling to to have. And, you know, and you always hear over and over, like it gets better. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I would say it's, it's gotten, it's gotten better over time, but um, there's still so much work to be done. Yeah. Um, so much, you know, in terms of relationships and, you know, community, you know, friendships and all the above it's, and that stuff shouldn't define me, but at the same time, it's a huge and important part of my life. And that's kind of hinting at what I put in that personal assessment. It's like, you know, I I just, I just want everyone to be happy around me. I want, you know, um, so yeah, that's. that's
2: All right. Well, well, let me, let me stop there and let, let me, let me tell you what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. So you started by talking about your reaction to that episode 707 and that you, you, you had an experience as you were listening back to yourself that really surprised you in, in what you heard in yourself. Um, and when your wife listened to it, she commented that you were really discounting yourself. You, you weren't being as assertive, maybe as confident, maybe as she sees you in other places so, so maybe it was the the context of being um, on the podcast, or maybe there was something else. But you heard that in yourself that that kind of uh, indecision,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and then you talked about not really knowing who you are. Um, that that you were part of this thing. You're referring to the Mormon Church that defined who you were for all of your life. And, and you said, now you've lost that. You've lost that thing that defines who you are and you're not sure what to do with it. And so you're, you're kind of in this place now where you're trying to figure out who you are, who you are in relationship to your family, to your friends, people around you. And, um,
0: and, and I would also add to that, that the, you know, the Mormon church kind of defines those other relationships for you as well, right? It's not its not my wife, it's my eternal companion. It's not my kid. These are my, you know, they're sealed to me forever and they're always with me, you know? So, you know, it seems like all the relationships, parents, you know, siblings, everything it gets kind of, you know, what you thought was um, was reality, right? And I know that's all in your head and everything, but it was it it was it now kind of now it's all up in the air. I don't, you know, those relationships were kind of based on on something more than just a relationship, right? It was it was kind of like this. I don't know, heavenly, or you know, there was kind of a definition there that was was deeper, I would say. And now. Oh, go
2: ahead. Yeah, so, so you're saying that the church defines those relationships by giving words like, instead of a wife, it's your eternal companion or your children are sealed. And so there's this this language and these ideas that right. are behind that, that kind of define who you are, what the relationship is. And, and, and I'm, I'm curious, what, what's changed now? for you in having those, ha- having those words change? Um, I, that's
0: a great question. Um, you know, it, I wouldn't say anything really has changed because I think we're still very much operating from the kind of the Mormon culture And, you know, it's still very, we're still very family oriented. And, um, but the other piece of it is like, I don't, nothing's changed because I'm kind of faking it right with my parents. I'm kind of faking it with siblings. I'm kind of fake. I'm faking it with, with friends that are, that I live around, you know, because I'm not, I'm just not ready to take that next step yet of, of, um, you know, living my authentic life around them. Um. So everything's kind of the same. I just have a little bit more um, guilt, I would say, in terms of, you know, um, just yesterday and the day before my, you know, I kind of dipped my toes in the water with, with my parents ter- and we actually talked politics, something that I was scared to death of. I honestly didn't want to know because I was scared to find out what they thought about, you know, the Capitol riots, for example, mm. like yeah. was, was the election a fraud? I kind of don't want to know because if I, if I do find out then I'm going to be upset probably with, hmm. you know, so I dip my toes in those waters and um my mom called me yesterday morning and said, you know, um, the <laughs> you know, your your dad didn't sleep all night because he thinks you're a Democrat. <laughs> and, um which I, I'm not actually a Democrat. I'm not a, a Republican either. It's just like, you know, I'm just trying to call it hypocrisy on both sides. And I was trying to explain to him that. You know, you, we have to understand each other. And, and basically the, the premise of the podcast that we did, you know, we got to love each other. We got to like, we can't just close off each other and just assume the other guy's the enemy. And that's basically what I was trying to tell him, but I apparently set him off. And, you know, she kept asking all these kind of probing questions because that's what we do with each other. When we're active LDS, you kind of do this kind of virtual, or I, I should say just like these little tests subtle little questions like how's your how's your you know your are ministering or you know are you studying oh, that's or... right it's
2: not called home teaching anymore
0: no no <laughs> so um there's all these little probing questions and the whole time i just i had to just tell bald-faced lies mm. and i felt horrible right I, because i don't want to break their hearts they're they're older and it's like why should i you know destroy them because I know it would destroy him. The fact that my dad stayed up all night, worried about me becoming a Democrat, it should indicate something to you. Like what happens if I come and say, "Yeah, my, I don't, you know, I don't have a testimony anymore, or I don't believe anything that you believe anymore." And yeah, I think that that you know they've lived their lives, sacrificed everything for us to make sure that you know our our religion, their, their religion continued in us. Right.
2: Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to stop you there for a moment, Reed. mm -hmm. And, and again, I want to recap what you've said, but, but first I, you know, like I I recognize that you've got so much love for your dad and for your mom. Mm -hmm. Like you do not want to do anything that is going to hurt them or make them uncomfortable in any way. Um, and that, that's, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You, you, you started our conversation by talking about leaving the Mormon church and you used the word basically that everything's lost, that, that you know, everything kind of went out the window and it's lost. But with, with what you were describing here, you said that things really haven't changed very much um, because you're faking it. Mm-hmm. You're faking it with them. So, there's some things that you've lost, but there's also things that haven't changed very much. But you feel like you can't be your authentic self um, with them. You have to, did, did you say bald faced lies? I think you said bald faced yeah, lies. Yeah, I was
0: like, uh, are, you know, you guys going to church? I mean, just those types of questions. Were like, you,
2: yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: If I was telling the truth. Yeah.
2: Right. So, And, and the, reason, the reason why you told them what you knew they wanted to hear was because you didn't want to hurt them. So you have this, you have this value system that's based on your love for them. You, you said earlier that you want everybody to just be peaceful. I, I guess my, my question there is, how, how is that not being authentic to who you are? That you're um, you're, you're I, acting well, from a place of love.
0: Well, for one, I, um, I mean, one of the main virtues that you know that I am all about is, you know, truth. You know, whatever that is, whatever that means. I know there's you can debate that forever, but you know, there's a truth. Did I go to did I go to church or am I studying? You know, come follow me with with the family. You know, no, I'm not. That's the, but to say I am feels like a complete fraud yeah um but it's i'm weighing the benefits with with you know i'm like i'll deal with the aftermath of me feeling guilty about that as long as i don't have to deal with you know the you know sending my dad into an anxiety attack and him not sleeping for days and you know so you know i'm just weighing like well that's that's better if i just lie you know and i'm it's not that I'm inauthentic, it's just that I have to lie about little things. And yeah. um, because so they're, you know, I think with most baby boomers that have kind of retired, they become a more, at least what, what I've noticed is they become more fundamentalist in, the, in their beliefs. And we've seen that with, with them. You know, they, they dedicate everything that they have to church, and that's what, guess what they want to talk about. That's, that's what they want to talk about when they call you. And, and so the whole relationship, the foundation feels like that's what it is. Um, it's, around, it's surrounding church and how we're doing in church. And um, so, you know, it's not always, there's, there's always funny things that come up or, you know, funny memories and stuff like that. But um, right now it feels like that's a lot of what they want to talk about or politics. You know, yeah. they 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 do two things. They they do their church callings and they watch Fox News. You know, and so that's that's what the, that's it's on their minds all the time. So, yeah.
2: And it sounds like the the part of this that's the hardest for you is those little lies that you said that you have to tell. Yeah. And and you're you're willing to absorb your own guilt and and deal with your own guilt rather than being the cause of your dad going into a, a panic attack or yeah,
1: something an anxiety attack
2: anxiety yeah. attack yeah he,
0: he suffers from anxiety but he um does not get help <laughs> so we all have to kind of be careful mm. with with what we say and do around him
2: yeah so, so how how do you feel when when you have, <laughs> boy, I, I'm not really sure where to go with this read. I've got to be honest.
0: <laughs> well, well, here's, let me just say something that I discovered. So you sent me um, the latest, I don't know if you're gonna release that to everyone. It was a sharing time on, on Patreon.
2: Yeah, that's a Patreon only episode, but but I can use clips of it. Like yeah. especially if you talk about it here, I can use clips yeah. of
0: it. So, um, the one thing I realized in, in listening to that was my parents want me to be happy. They love me an enormous amount and they want me to be happy and they in their world. Right. That's the only way to be happy. And I thought that was really, it was interesting listening to that guy talk to her. I can't remember her name. Uh, Boyd, Boyd, By-
2: Byron Katie, Byron Katie. Yeah. Um, she goes by Katie, but yeah. Oh, does
0: she? Okay. Yeah. Um, it was it was really fascinating because it was, it was like listening. I mean, the statements that he was making were this the exact same statements that I feel all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, that you know you want to feel accepted by your family even though you're kind of diverting from the path that they have all chosen, right? Because I, you know, it's just. It, whether we can help it or not, we're just we're so tribal. Like we we have a tribe, right? We have our, these people that we just trust, you know, with everything. Like we, I'd leave my kids to to these people because I know they love me and they have the the, the kids' interest at heart, right? So I mean, there's like a deep level of love and trust there. But you know, nothing kind of um, disrupts that love and trust than a change in um, something like religion that is so fundamental to everything that we do you know um, but I realize it's you know it, it, I it, they love me they love me an enormous amount the reason my dad couldn't sleep all night is because he loves mm. me right yeah. and it's not because you know it, it, he's mad at me I think he just wants me to be happier you know I, I honestly think that's that's where he's at so I it was really helpful I mean that whole episode was really good. Um, yeah. but, um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. It's a, it's a, you know, becoming brave enough to, um, head into it and, and just know that I'm not going to have that peace for a while. It might be years until, you know, relationships get kind of soothed over and, and people are okay again around each other it's just yeah. it's just hard knowing that it's coming you know
2: and and that lack of peace i want to make sure that i'm clear on 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 where you're feeling that lack of peace it's it's that you have to be dishonest with them in order to keep the peace and so then you feel guilty for not telling them what's really going on in your life and you deal with that but it still doesn't put you in a place of peace.
0: No. I, I just feel like kinda like where's the relationship if I can't even be honest? You know. Yeah. It it feels like you know, and, and my wife kind of feels the same way. Um it's uh it's just hard because you don't want to break their hearts because you know it's coming. Yeah. And so I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So I figured. <laughs> yeah, I'm just you could so I and um, it's so interesting doing those enneagram tests because I can see through my life how I was always a nine. in In high school, I was I was the funny guy. I was voted class clown clown of of high school, and all I wanted to do was make people laugh because if I knew I could make them laugh, they w- they wouldn't beat me up and they'd be you know they'd be at peace with me as long as that you know I could sleep at night because there was times where, you know, like any kid grows up and gets, you know, someone decides to pick on them or, you know, I, I, it was just miserable. I hated it. I couldn't live with knowing someone didn't like me or, you know, so I kind of developed the, a very strong sense of humor. And it was all about just making everyone laugh all the time. And, um, and then as I see my life kind of continue, you know, I had, I had a job, um, prior to the one I have now where they, you know, there was a change in management and it was, it became extremely cutthroat and I was literally getting threatened by my job I, for being too nice for like, you gotta, you gotta, you know, cause there was, there would just be these phone calls where everyone's just thrown under each other under the bus. And it was just, it was wild. I felt horrible couldn't sleep at night. I think it sent, in, sent me into like a, like a depression that, you know, took me a while to kind of pull out of. Um, I just couldn't process the amount of kind of negativity and just, um, you know, you know, these are people that kind of enjoy, uh, you know, that sort of environment is how I felt, you know, they were, they weren't bothered by it at all. It's like, you know, the, the, it was the water they swam in and, and it was not for me. Yeah. So um, so I kind of carried that through my life and always knew I needed to work on it. Like, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't know if it's a, it, is it a gift or is it kind of a curse? You know, I don't know.
2: My, my understanding of the nine on the Enneagram is, is that be, because you put such a premium on keeping the peace with people, you don't always... Um, speak up what you want. And so you kind of have a tendency to bury the things that you want and repress that part of yourself until it gets to a point that you just explode in anger. And I remember you told me the story about you chasing your son down the street yeah, like at the beginning uh, of COVID. I don't you know, that, that there, are, there are times where there's things that you want, and it, but you want to keep the peace, you want to keep the peace, and then just boom, Mm-hmm. It, it goes out. So, so to your question, is it a, is it a blessing or a curse? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, you tell me.
0: Yeah. It's been both. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's helped me in certain organizations, but it's been a hindrance in others. De- mm. It depends on, on the organization. Yeah. Um,
2: and, and the recommended work for people who are nines on the Enneagram is to, ex- you know, work on expressing what it is that you want. And and you know being being very open. So it's it's interesting for me to hear you talk about this conflict that you have with your parents, where you you would prefer, in in your minds, to have a healthy relationship with your parents. You are one hundred percent authentic to who you are. You don't have to pull any punches. You don't have to hide anything. Um, and they accept that, and they can be exactly who they are to you, and you accept that, and that's like you're perfect ideal relationship. And from, from someone who's a nine on the Enneagram, that makes absolute sense. You just want to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. And, and you look at the position that you're in and the reality that you're in. If, if you were totally authentic about what you think and feel about religion and politics, you're really concerned about how your parents would react. And so you're, you're not going to do what it is that you would like to do in that situation. Instead, you're going to try to keep the peace and just kind of hide that part of yourself. And so if if what people say about the Enneagram is right, do, do you feel a sense of any kind of resentment that would then bury uh, or, or like be buried and build under the surface for to, doing this to, sort of thing? To, to like the explosion? Uh, Well, but that could possibly lead to an explosion. But do you you feel like that there would be resentment that would build towards your parents or even towards the Mormon church that has created this situation where you really can't be what you want to be? Mm. You have to you have to be fake in order to get what you want in order to get the peace.
0: That is a really great question, Um, because I feel like right now all so much of my energy is focused on trying to come to peace with the church and you know i've I've felt such a um just completely you know lied to and just like that that feeling that you've been betrayed right mm-hmm. and it's like but it it doesn't make any sense in my head like in my head i can i can make sense look at it and be like look what this church did for me right it it who it's who I am because of this church like it taught me everything I have great friends you know strong family relationships you know why can't I get over the fact that I that I feel so betrayed right and I I think my wife would probably fall on the same campus. it's like why why can't I just appreciate it for what it is why why can't I you know I I feel like if I went there I would just I would. I feel like my head would explode.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, it, it just, the things that are said, it's just so not me now, you know, yeah. um, that I just couldn't handle But It's like, I, I'm probably going to have kids that are still want to, going to want to go to church. You know, we have teenagers and that's their social circle. So I don't, I kind of don't want them to go to church alone. And it's like, well, what am I going to do to kind of, you know, be okay with what's being said and, um, I know, I know a lot of it's harmful, but there's also uh, there's babies in the bathwater, right? There's, there's some things there that are really great. Yeah. And I don't want, um, I I would like to focus on that, but there's just, can't get there. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I don't know why I feel like this need to make, make peace with the church. Like, why do I, why do I feel like I, I think it's because it's always going to be in my life somehow. Whether the kid, you know, if the kids elect to keep going with it or um, parents, siblings, you know, it's always going to be there. Like, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if I could just see the church for something positive or just, you know, be okay with, you know, what they're doing and not be like, you know, a bunch of liars. I mean, I I feel like I'm hanging out in this stage four of, of faith where I'm just angry. Yeah. I'm so ready to move on, but there's like, uh, it, you, I guess you can't force yourself to just move on. Just, maybe it takes time.
2: Yeah. Well, and I, I would, I would imagine that, you know, you recognize being a nine on the Enneagram, and and what this, what this means is that, you've developed over the course of your life this habit, in the way that you focus your attention, on, peace,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so you ask the question. Why is it that I wanna make peace with the church? I don't understand what this is all about. But you, you do understand that that's a core part of your, your nature, just your habits, the way that you focus attention. If there's anything in your life at, at any time, back in, when you were in high school, Um, and, and you were making jokes to lighten the mood and to to keep yourself from getting beat up, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to keep the keeping the peace has always been something that's very, very important to you. And now this institution that you can intellectually look at and say, yeah, it provided all of these wonderful things in my life. But at the same time, I feel lied to, I feel betrayed and I'm angry about that.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And, and as a nine, you're used to burying that anger and keeping peace you have to do that with your parents right now
0: mm-hmm. and
2: it makes perfect sense to me that that would be eating at you
0: yeah yeah it definitely is all the time
2: yeah <laughs> every day like I, honestly there,
0: i don't know if a day goes by where i'm not trying to conquer that what, what i'm not that working on it
2: what is it that you're trying to conquer
0: just uh the the feelings of betrayal or just like coming to peace with um being grateful for for the church right like it like hearing something and not letting it trigger me
1: okay so what
2: what what would it look what would something like that so like this word conquer you you want to conquer the feeling of being betrayed by the mormon church you want to conquer conquer that anger
0: um just uh overcome or um you know i I, and this kind of brings me back to that episode you just did because you 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 were doing a it was the the bathing one yeah Yeah. where you said you know um i'm sad (laughs) right and then quad kind of explains like okay this is so i realize it's a it's it's you know it's something that's definitely in my head it's it's it can make none of the sense like it doesn't make sense right i can i can I can get there from like a a logical, you know, intellectual perspective, but it doesn't really help in the end. I I can't seem to make the leap into the emotional side of me. You know, I can, I can understand it. I like listening to um, Katie coach um, that guy. It was, it was, uh, you know, it sounds simple a lot of times, but it's like, yeah, but why is it never this simple? It's like, I think there's times where you do make leaps, right? And that episode we did, I felt like I made a big leap. It was actually good for me to hear Lou talk about the fact that he's banded his his relationships, even though I don't like that at all. Yeah, it it did kind of um, kind of ignite in me like, yeah, he did it. Y- you could probably do the same thing, you know, you if you needed to. You know, he. I think he definitely has a different probably. And he, he's probably a different Enneagram personality. Let's, let's face it, right? He's he probably seem... not
2: too far away from you. I would guess an eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say an eight. Um, uh, but, you know, it, 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 that whole episode did kind of bolster my confidence and, and me making just the step two days ago of being honest about some pol- political stuff, yeah. you know, that was a big step for me. Yeah. That, and it, I, the whole next day I was thinking about it because, um, and I'm trying to, what I'd love to do, Glenn, is be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, always, you know, I think there's, we should feel some level of discomfort. Otherwise you're going to have tyrannies, you know, you've you got to be able to fa- fight the bad guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I was thinking like, well, maybe that's what I need to do is just, go out of my comfort zone and do these things that I normally wouldn't do and then kind of grow accustomed. Maybe after a while, I just kind of started growing accustomed to it. I don't know. I don't know mm. if that's how, you know, you can like change your personality in that way. I really, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's something I'm, I'm like, oh, maybe that's something I could give it a, a go
2: well it sounds really brave reed and and it, you know it 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 sounds so a, another book that i've talked about quite a bit and i mentioned it in that bathing with god episode is letting go by dr david hawkins mm, and yeah. and and he talks about courage and the way that he defines courage is that you're willing to look at every aspect of your life and see it for what it is you know warts and all and just kind of Comfortable with I, I like the way that you worded it to be comfortable in discomfort, mm-hmm. and 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 where I where I kind of want to go with you because I like I'm 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 happy to hear that your experience on that episode um, with Lou w- was a way for you to look at yourself and you know go okay yeah I, if I needed to end these relationships I could is it something that I really want to do you know and, and help you with that kind of self introspection. But I, I want to go back to the comment that you made before that about conquering your anger. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like the anger that you feel? And, and I know as being a nine on the Enneagram, you're uncomfortable with feeling anger. You want to feel peace. Right. So do you do you think that feeling that anger is is bad in any way? Um no. I would say no.
0: I think um, anger has its place, and it it'll lead somewhere. Um, I mean, it's not something that I think is you know it's something that I want to that someone should just always be angry, right? I think moments of anger are fine. Um, it's just like a natural thing, you know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> of course, I want to get rid of any anger I have because. I genuinely think these people mean well, yeah. right. Why would I be angry at someone that's doing their best that doesn't know any better yeah. or that, you know, I, I totally understand why no one would, you know, dig into church history stuff now that I've done it. <laughs> it's yeah. scary. Yeah. You know? Um, so I shouldn't be angry. I sh- I know I shouldn't, but I can't help it.
2: Um, well, yeah. And, and again, I mean, like I'm, he- I'm hearing kind of, mixed messages in what you're saying read because you're, you're saying on the one hand that there's nothing wrong with feeling anger you know it's natural but you shouldn't feel it well and you and don't- I think
0: that's that's my logical side is speaking there like i know after listening reading you know like stuff's okay but for me personally you know anger affects me probably more than the the eight guy right yeah it like it doesn't sit well with me we all have kind of these sensitivities and and we all have these differences and anger just is not somewhere we want to
2: live so so anger that you feel very naturally is uncomfortable to you yeah and and you want to become more comfortable being uncomfortable um overall yeah i do i want yeah. i want to be able to um
0: like you said earlier like you know Nines have a tendency to just to keep their mouth shut
2: yeah. and not
0: speak up. Um, I think the older I've gotten, maybe the crankier I've gotten or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I do it a little bit more. And honestly, I've, I had not a professional coach, but it was like a corporate executive coach that a company hired. And, and the feedback that I got was really interesting, but they said like, you need to speak up more in meetings. Like you hmm. don't say anything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I know that. And um, so I started doing it more and more. And then it and then pretty soon I I find myself doing it all the time. And I had a really good um, boss and he's still my best friend. But he I remember he, he said in one of my reviews, he's like, you have a lot to say. You need to say it. Yeah. You have a voice and you need to use it. and And that has always kind of stuck in my head and kind of given me the freedom to kind of open up little by little and, and then kind of gain confidence and, and it's really helped. So I, I know that I've seen myself change from good coaching. Um, this is a whole different ball game in a way I feel like, you know, in a sense, because you're dealing with emotions, you're dealing with a lot of things that aren't really pertinent to like a workplace environment, right? You're dealing with, with um, I mean, it's similar, but you're dealing with these human relations that are, it's like family right what's deeper than that um so yeah that's that's why i think something like this is valuable is someone to say yeah keep doing this yeah read this you know that that sort of thing that's what i need i need and honestly i was excited when you invited me to do this because i put in a lot of work into that episode that we did yeah and i think that's why i had such a it had such an impact on me like a Mm. really big impact it changed it probably changed my life um it it was it felt like I'd made a huge leap because I had spent so much time thinking and pondering and um just really um studying and I came into it extremely prepared but all that preparation you know was good for me and I, I realized like if I did this sort of thing all the time Find I had someone that, that, that held me accountable for doing certain things, like I know that it would help me. Yeah. Right. So I'm excited to keep doing this sort of thing. So.
2: Good. And, and I'm, I'm glad for that corporate coach that encouraged you to speak up. Um, you know, I I'm glad that you reached out to me when you started listening to the bathing with God stuff and started listening to infants on thrones, you know, the, the, the conversation that, that we had with Tom and Adam which I, I think I've referenced I think I've I've missed so I think, I think I've said like the other hand and the other glove no that was yeah, a different yeah. listener no ours We've was let it die days. yeah um, yeah so I apologize for that but but the the analogy that you gave at the end of that of the, the tree that mm-hmm. you were looking out your window and you didn't want the leaves to fall but then when it did you saw oh they were they were masking this beautiful vista out there you know like right that was really profound. And that was another moment where your, your wife might've like pulled you aside and said, you, you know, you really discount yourself, Reed. Cause earlier you're like, I'm just an accountant. I don't know that I've got anything really <laughs> profound to say. And then you just like, Tom and I afterwards were like, damn, that was awesome. That, that Reed guys, awesome. So I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad that you're here as well. And, and I, I do want to get back to this, being comfortable with the discomfort and, and the anger that you're feeling, and and that it's really uncomfortable for you to feel the anger that's that's there. It's it's counterintuitive to what you want in this world, and what you want more than anything else is peace. That mm-hmm. uh, you, you want that peace, and yet the experiences of of your life, and especially this last year, as you've learned things about the Mormon Church that are contrary to what you were taught, like working through that, feeling that sense of, I was lied to, uh, I feel betrayed, you know, like those, those feelings are there for a reason <laughs> they're, they're legitimate, real feelings. And, and you already acknowledge that you don't think that they're bad, but you do recognize that they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, like if I could give you any kind of encouragement or coaching here, just from the, 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 the few interactions that we've had. I, I see in you someone who is very uh, thoughtful, very considerate of other people, even even to the point of like uh, sacrificing something that you want for the for the benefit of, of the group for other people. I, the, these things that I see in you, I am very confident that you're going to make it through this really challenging time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's, it's like, you're, you're on this, this white water <laughs> raft and it's bumping all up and down. And you wish that the rapids would go down because you just want to have a smooth ride. You want to have that piece, but you're on a stretch right now where it's bumpy mm-hmm. and it's bumpy inside and that's uncomfortable, but what do you, what did you say that you wanted? You want to become more comfortable with the discomfort. Mm-hmm. And so, so what is this opportunity right here in front of you? I mean, <laughs> I gave it away. It's an opportunity. The yeah. situation that you're in right now is an opportunity for you to, to learn how to be more comfortable with the discomfort. Right. And you're doing it. I mean, I, I can see you doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's because of putting in the thought and effort right or just um talking things through and and you know i don't i don't feel like i do have a a pretty decent group of people i'm not going to complain um i have i think i can there's about five people that i i I really feel like i can talk to about this stuff um especially my wife included in that and so the support is missing. I feel like there's, um, you know, there's, yeah. I, I don't know what to say about that other than, I don't know where I was going with <laughs> that. Actually I've kind of lost my thought, but um, like, I I think I'll get there as well. Um, but man, it's it's just, I need kind of that extra help. I think just to be like, no, you're doing great. I mean, honestly, it was funny. You mentioned the the tree thing, and mm. that episode. What was funny is you invited me. It was like three hours before, on coming on. He was like, "Hey, you want to hop on this thing?" <laughs> was
2: it? <laughs> yeah, it was
0: like three hours before, and I had written this response to you, like, "No, sorry, I I can't do that," you know. And I, I'd written it all out, and I was about to send it, and I was like, "Why? Why not? Why not go out of my comfort zone <laughs> yeah. and just do it?" And I didn't really think. Because you know, we were having
2: those really cool back and forth uh, on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why. Yeah.
0: But uh, so I just kind of, uh, for some reason, I erased it and said, "Sure, good. Why not?" And that only allowed me three hours of like worry <laughs> <And>
2: the fact <laughs> that
0: I didn't have to prepare anything. I just showed up, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so that was. I mean, it was it was it was good. Um, but that second one was huge. Compared to the first one, because it yeah. was so much preparation and really listening to Lou, um, you know, there was a lot of things that everyone disagreed on. Let's, yeah, yeah. that was clear. Um, but it was also really helpful to hear some of his views and the fact that it, it was. I it was good to actually see his example in terms of like I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy. I'm peaceful because mm-hmm. you can tell he generally. I think he is like I. I genuinely think he is peaceful with where he's at that he's okay with losing the relationship with his sister, which for me is like, you know, it's like death. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to imagine something like that. So, you know, we can disagree and, and be different and all that, but it was also kind of like, why can't I?
2: Yeah.
0: Why can't I get to that point? Yeah. And it's, it's going to be uncomfortable and, but I am confident that I can get there. Yeah. So,
2: well, and and I'm confident, I'm confident that you're already there actually, and you're experiencing the, the the discomfort and the growing pains. And, you know, with that tree that was so beautiful that you loved looking at outside of your window, that it it lost its leaves and it revealed this beautiful vista behind it. I, I think that maybe you were so caught up in the beauty of first the tree and then also the vista behind it that you maybe didn't notice that little bird's nest that was in the tree. And, and the little birds, like there was one in particular, they got pushed out of the nest and it started falling. And then it had to like start flapping its wings and flying for itself. And you probably didn't see that happen, but it happened. <laughs> but it happened. And that's you right now. You know, you, you were in this, this nest of Mormonism that you'd been in your entire life. You have all your structure there. And this thing happens where you've got to go out on your own and you're flapping your wings right now going where is my support where is my support who's my support system
0: yeah and right.
2: and you're discovering it's you yeah like it's you and and you can be that support system for yourself like you're learning you're gaining that that strength and that that skill set to be there for yourself and and to be comfortable in the discomfort that's all all part of it, you know. We're 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 all in a state of becoming something else. And and you know, you you mentioned that that episode seven oh seven. You think was that it? Seven oh seven, whatever it was. Yeah, with Lou, that, mm-hmm. that it it um, changed your life. Uh, I don't doubt that because every moment <laughs> changes your life. Mm-hmm. E- everything you do at every point changes your life, and it dictates um, what your life is going to be. Um, and, and so you're, you're, you're in this situation now where you don't have that elusive or illusory sense of stability that the church provides, you know, you, you're now in the like, okay, well, hang on. This really isn't what I thought. Mm -hmm. So you're figuring it out.
0: So can I ask a a question
2: just on that little
0: analogy you did with the bird? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel, and I was listening to that podcast today, and I um, jotted this down, I feel like there's this, so is, is it the fact that you're going from this kind of tribal state, you have this tribe, right, the, the church is this community, right, is it going from that to being an individual and surviving on your own, I mean, not all the way on your own, we still have people that we, you know, maybe a smaller circle of people, or but it feels like that's what has to happen. Like you have to kind of give up the tribe and all of the kind of mythology and all the dogma that it, that it has, and you're becoming an individual. Um, And, but is that, is that kind of what you're saying there is, is you, you got to leave the tribe at some point in order to kind of, you know, progress. I mean,
2: I, I don't know that I'm saying that you have to leave the tribe at some point in order to progress, mm-hmm. but I do see that that's what's happened in your case, Wh- whether it had to or not, and in order to progress or not, I don't know, but from, from, from where I see what you're doing, that is what I see you doing, is, mm-hmm. is separating yourself from this, this Mormon institution, even from your family members and you're trying to figure out what is this, what is this new thing? Am I the same person that I've always been? Am I different? In what ways am I different? In what ways am I the same? And you're trying to figure out all of these things. So, so you tell me, do, do you think that that's happening? That I'm separating myself from the tribe and, and becoming more of an individual in that sense?
0: Um, Y- yeah, I do. I mean, w- it, when you listen to Katie talk, I feel like that's what she was basically saying is is you have this group of 13 people, that you're just gonna have to be okay with them, you know, not agreeing with you. And mm-hmm. it, essentially what I feel like that does though, and especially with um, family members that in, the, in the church, is that, you know, they, such a strong sense of tribalistic signaling all over the place whether it's garments whether it's you know how's your home teaching you know I have people at work that ask me all the, those sort those same sorts of questions just to kind of yeah you know, checking on you know are you still in the in the tribe right yeah and I've listened to enough Brene Brown podcast to know that like community is so important like that's where healing happens and it's like this paradox though because your tribe hurts you but it also heals you and yeah. and um, so I kind of feel like you know, to be in that tribe, you have to pretend like you're someone else uh, to fit in, like you're constantly doing things that you just normally wouldn't do. And and then the, I just find a lot of tension between that, you know, and then going on your own, which, uh, you know, you're, uh, which is where I feel like I'm going. I, not not because I chose it. I honestly started studying church history never in a million years did I think what I found what I found right and it just I didn't know the risk that I was taking by really doing an honest study of it until the point you know it was just like whoa this is like you know so now I've I'm finding myself falling out of the nest and trying to be trying uh, by my nature trying to find peace trying to find um you know something that I can hold on to that help me sleep at night, and 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 so it's very uncomfortable being on on your own when you've been swimming in the in the tribe in the church and, and that kind of environment your whole life, right? I mean, it's it's a very unsettling feeling, and um, like yeah, I'm making progress, I know I am. Um, I'm just really impatient with myself sometimes mm. because it's like, when is this gonna end? when am I going to get through this? You
2: know? Um, yeah. So. yeah. So I, I, I guess wh- where, where I'd like to end for tonight is, is to ask you to reflect on what you just said. So you, you recognize that the, the church has all of this virtue signaling signaling as a way of checking in, are, are you still part of the tribe? Are, are, are we one? Are we together? Are we Zion? Mm-hmm. Or are yeah. we separate? You know, um, and, uh, you know, you, you feel like people can't really be themselves individuals in the church, they have to fit into this kind of cookie cutter structure of expectations. And you recognize that there's definitely power in community. So that there, there is some kind of power in doing that but you're feeling now like you're moving more towards being an individual than being part of a, a community. So I, I guess I'd, I'd ask you at this point, Reed, if you were to project one year, two year, five years, at some point in the future, what does the ideal resting place look like for you? Like if, if, if you really could get to the place where you absolutely want to be, what would that look like for you?
0: I think you. I think you're going to know the answer to that. <laughs> it's going to be at a place of peace, um, obviously. But I, I think it would be being authentic, you know, being completely authentic with those around me. Um, not, you know, just comfortable in whatever it is, whether you know, I don't know, drinking coffee or you know, around people that are members of the church and not. Even thinking about it, or you know what I'm saying, there's, there's always it's getting over some of that virtual virtue signaling and and just being you know you know it's like hey coffee coffee's okay. delicious I'm I, right. you know or whatever and and just being comfortable with with who I am and not having to worry about what what is so and so going to think.
2: All right, so so let me ask you a question on this and i love yeah i do i love that answer so that your ideal place is that you are being true to yourself and that you're comfortable even in the discomfort of someone else's reaction to you Mm -hmm. so you you talked about your dad and you talked about his anxiety earlier like imagine if you knocked on the door of their house and he opened and you're standing there holding a coffee in your hand and h- how would you imagine him reacting if he saw you standing there with the coffee in your hand and you take a sip of it right in front of him and you yeah. go mm, this is good dad <laughs> you're missing out dad yeah it, it wouldn't be good yeah T- tell me a little bit more like like what,
0: what what i don't think he would he would yell or anything like that he'd just be like he would look confused he would be like what's going on i don't understand you know what, you
2: what know. what's what's your authentic response to his authentic distress?
0: response is coffee is delicious and
2: yeah. <laughs> i love it but as and, as you see him in distress what what how do you respond to his distress um i would i would i i
0: don't know that's a that's a great question i, I would um probably make try to make some sort of joke out of it or you know just try to lighten it up a little bit or you know um but i would have to at least tell them what's going on obviously i mean that's a huge you know my wife the other day got a second earring in Mm. her ear it's crazy right yeah but it's such a big deal why is that such a big deal it's crazy to me that like she gets a second earring and it's like like you know the kids are like what you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) to me it's just crazy all that but that's a whole separate story. Um, You know, you just have to, I would, I would try to explain to him what's going on and, you know, it's not something I want to dwell on. It's (laughs) at some point that's going to happen, right? It's going to be like, you know, how much of what we do is we're pretending to just kind of make sure that others around you are comfortable, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's There's, there's always some pretending going on. We all have these personas that we have that we kind of put on, in certain circumstances and is that what
2: you want is in your ideal world though there's no personas if I yeah, understand I would what agree you said that. right right so so for you to get to where you want to be in your ideal world how are you going to do that if you continue with the the personas
0: uh right I, I I feel more and more like I just need to to be open about it to actually you know have the discussion with certain people um the other day, about a couple of weeks ago, I, I kind of revealed to this really good friend that, you know, kind of what I was going through and that, you know, he's, he's obviously very active in the church, but it was like a big deal for me, like all day long, I was just so happy that I'd made that step. And it was, it was someone that I worried about a lot. Cause he's, you know, we're pretty close. And I know what I, how I reacted when other people told me when I was active believing and they, someone was leaving the church, it was like, it was like a death. Yeah, you know, it was like a death that you 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 dwelt on for days, you know. And I don't I don't want to bring that to people either. I didn't want to sure. bring like that heartache that comes um, yeah. when someone leaves the tribe because it's very very palpable. Um, yeah. So.
2: I I I I said I wanted to end with one last question, but I lied. I've got another one. <laughs> as as a nine, as someone who really. You, you know, you yearn for peace. You want peace.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: When you experience peace, do do you feel the peace? Do you feel peacefulness in your body? Um, I.
0: That is a really good question, Glenn. I've never thought about that. It's honestly not a peaceful feeling. It's just the absence of any sort of anxiety. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, so I
2: I I just I I had a, a client just before. I got on with you and he gave me the most beautiful description. He's probably listening right now. I hope he's smiling about this when he, when he figures out that it's him that I'm talking about. I I asked him to describe this sense of peace in himself and he described it as, as a, very smooth, like, like a, like a lake or an ocean, this body of water that has just like completely smoothed out to the point where you can see your reflection in it. You can see everybody else around you as opposed to when it's like totally choppy and, and, you know, chaotic and mm. the, the sunlight is bouncing off of the choppy waves in all these different directions. I just loved, I uh, loved that image. Well, and
0: you know what, that, that for me, I, for some reason, water, has that effect so when we were in maui a couple weeks ago we went snorkeling at molokini yeah you know and i to i have never been in more peace in my life when we did the backside of molokini and we were snorkeling you look straight down you can see 200 feet down and you just have all these fish swimming around you and it was like the most peaceful setting i've ever been in in my life
2: yeah
0: um the whales were you know you know they were chirping at each other and it was just it was like is this is the most this is that that's peace right yeah Yeah. it was like a palpable peace um i think for me sometimes i I equate peace with just like me being able to sleep at night
2: yeah well that makes sense too yeah so and and i think we've talked about meditation before and you said that you don't really have time for it is that right
0: yeah i actually after that one episode i signed up for um Sam Harris's waking up app. Yeah. And I've done it. Like, I think I'm on, I'm on five now. I just can't seem to, it's like 10 minutes mm-hmm. and it's so easy and so effective and I love it when I do it. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I can't seem to find five or 10 minutes of my, it, I'm, a, I'm an accountant. So right now it's really busy it's February. Yeah. So we're just really busy right now and I need to do it. It's 10 minutes. So,
2: well, and and here's and here's why I think that could be valuable for you is and, and maybe even think back to your experience in Maui when you were snorkeling and that feeling that you felt in your body, that peacefulness that you felt in your mind, that lack of anxiety, mm-hmm. that, that lack of chatter that you're feeling in your head. You, you really can train yourself to create that in you at any time. So So, for you who you have this goal of wanting to be comfortable even in discomfort, you know, if you're standing in front of your dad at the door and you've got a coffee in your hand and you can see his face is getting red, he's getting a little bit angry, he's gonna explode, Mm -hmm. it sure would be a nice skill to be able to like put yourself in that place in Maui where you're not feeling any anxiety. You know, you know that you love him, and you know that if he passes out, you're going to put a pillow underneath his head and you're going to put a blanket over him and you're going to take care of, you're going to, you're going to love him <laughs> as, as, as much as you can love him. And as, as much as he's allowing you to do it, but that that's who you are. You want, you want to love people. You want to be peace and you want yeah. that peace to be something that starts in your own heart and starts mm-hmm. in your own mind. And and where you are right now, getting pushed out of this nest, and you got these, you know, you're flapping your wings, trying to learn how to fly, and individuate when you've been part of a, a group. You're figuring all this stuff out. You're not very patient with it, but if you can if you can find a way in in those moments to really breathe, get calm, get grounded, you know, whatever words you want to put to it, and and just create that sense of peace in yourself. It seems like for a nine on the Enneagram, that would be a really yeah. awesome skill to have so that you could, so that no matter what's going on around you, if, if you're feeling like you're being true to yourself, you know, you're not, you're not deceiving people, you're not doing anything shitty to people, you know, you've got that self-confidence and that peace and other people are out there trying to scramble and figure out their stuff. Right. And you've been through that too because you know it and so you can have empathy for it but still have that really like secure calm peace inside of you yeah i I feel like you've got it man
0: yeah i feel like the universe has been shouting at me to get into meditation (laughs) over and over again and for some reason i just i just it's time right it's time it's like past past time i need to get into it
2: cool well, thank you for this time, Reid, and uh, we'll, we'll schedule another one, we'll do a follow-up with this. All right. And, Sounds uh, great. Yeah. Thanks, Glenn. You're welcome.
1: Put down the weapons that you use against yourself, you don't need them anymore.
2: Later, hey there. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Now I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I have more to say about this topic, and I'm going to do that with a follow up behind the scenes sharing time episode on Patreon. So if you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it.
1: Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Carol, Keith. Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You
2: can comment on this episode on the website infantsonthrones.com. And
1: if you really like what
2: you hear, give the quorum a five star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer?
1: My worst crime is an inside job Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob I tune into the scene between the eyes And take a breath
2: Thank you for listening to Infants on front.
1: Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me Never mind the future, never mind what the past be I like to jump and let the universe catch me Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me I keep my packets light, destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying down on-